Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of the Shooting the Shift podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'm here today with just Antonio. It's a little one v one action. Yep, we're missing Will this week. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back soon. He's on the the disabled, the, the injured reserve for the week. So, like just Jeff said, just a little one on one action. We're talking spring training today. Been a couple more games under our belt. We've got to see a little bit more out of guys. Uh, We've gotten to see the large majority of the starting lineup, I think. Uh, Bryce, Gene, Didi, Reese, Kingery, Hazley, McCut, like all those guys we've gotten to see. So we've gotten a pretty good sample of what we're kind of looking at this yeah, uh, spring training. So Jeff, so. what, do you, what do you want to start with? We might as well start with Bryce. Yeah, I'll start with Bryce. If we're going to talk about the guys, we might as well start with Bryce. Go First ahead. What do you got? What do you got spring. on Bryce? Oh, Boom. first swing of the the spring just a wasn't his first oppo boppo yep he he looked at a couple pitches okay. took one swing and just and then goes oppo and goes oppo boppo for a bryce yeah a bryce the, uh, i mean past the tiki bar yeah he just it just looked so effortless for bryce and that's i feel like all of his home runs just look effortless but this one was it was good to see him go opposite way um with such power, yeah, even and when Bryce is struggling, he can still crush one to right field. The best mm-hmm. version of Bryce Harper is when he's seeing the ball well, like not swinging at balls, and really none of the pitches that he took were strikes, even though one was called a strike. Um, but then he hit it opposite field, and when he's hitting opposite field, that is the best version of Bryce Harper. And it's not, he's not just flaring it out to the open area because they shift him so hard. He's crushing balls to opposite field. Um, I, he, it just looked, and we were talking about it earlier in the week, uh, outside of recording, but you just said how fluent his swing looked and he didn't look like he was, he could still take your head off with the swing, but it didn't look like he was trying to take your head oh, off yeah, with the, the swing. The violence in his swing is kind of trademark Bryce Harper. That's not going to well go do- away. It's well documented. Yeah, but it somehow, despite being as violent as it was, it, it looked smooth, which was a really good sign. And then his next at-bat, even like he still hit a ground ball, but somehow hit a 110-mile-per-hour exit velocity uh, it's ground just, ball. It's just insane. Like that doesn't <laughs> the dude the the I forget who the second baseman was, but did not put his body in front of it because who can blame him? That ball was scorched. No, no, I, I don't want not. that one coming up on me, hitting me square in the chest. No, thank you. Sorry, coach. I'm not wearing that. Uh, That's called a heart stopper. Yeah, <laughs> for real. I mean, Sitting yeah, Bryce. Stopper. Bryce is barreling balls, which is like you said, the best version of Bryce Harper when he's able to do that with ease and not be so violent on his swing i think it's just it makes him a better player Uh, so i really want to like i want to single out the guys that have been doing well in spring training so far but i really 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 want to talk about the 15 nothing win over the new york yankees because that had that showcased a lot of the guys that we are going to be talking about um, throughout the podcast and the first guy I want to talk about and we kind of been 
oogling him all offseason, but Alec Boom just <laughs> looks so good in that game. Oh my that home God, run he hit, that home run he center. hit was, you know, like there's a lot of times now, like as the more I watch, ba- the more the more I've watched baseball over the years, I can I have a pretty good read of when a ball's going out. That one I knew as soon as it was like released from the pitcher's hand, and Alec Boom swung. I was like, this one's just going for a ride. It was dead center, and, they were and it looked to Girardi. At that point, too, yeah. right? And that was another story. He even we... said, as soon as the you heard the crack in the bat, he was like, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And you, you want to talk about an effortless swing. It didn't look like he put anything behind it, but it just it kept going. He was he had two at bats. delivered it to dead center. Two registered at bats. The one hit was the home run. He had a walk, scored two runs in the game. He looks really good, and I think one of the things that I, I've been surprised the most about Alec Boom is he's progressed as a fielder at third base. And I know we've, we often talk about it's going to be hard for a 6'6 individual to play third base at a high level. Um, that's really one of those positions where you have to be short and squat to get to the ground quickly, but he's made some plays yeah. in spring training that I'm surprised. He definitely wouldn't have made them at any point in the season last year. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of forced to play third base at this point. I think he'd probably be a really solid defender across the diamond at first. Because he's big. He's got the ability to stop balls. Yeah, and Reese Hoskins has a tendency to not catch balls just thrown right at him sometimes. So, well, But we won't dig that. into that. Um, But he has been... There's been a bunch of videos coming out because a lot of the best plays he made were from the non-televised games, and he he seems to be making making plays that he wasn't making last year. I saw him charge in on a ball, bare hand throw, and one motion, kind of that uh that trademark Ryan Zimmerman kind of play. Yeah, like a Nolan Arenado. I'd expect Nolan Arenado to make that type of play, but seeing Alec Boom, it's. And like I said, I, I don't think uh, third base is where you're going to find the boomer for the rest of his career. But I, I think he's looked good for right now. He'll be serviceable for the season, which is really what we need. Um, yeah, but I, sure. I really, I really like what I... Yeah, I, well, that's obviously the bat plays. That's, that's, we all knew that was going to be Alec Boom's strength coming up was his, his bat. He makes pitchers work. He doesn't. He doesn't chase a lot. He he gets good at bats. Um, another guy, and I know you wrote about it in your article on the Philly Fitz website and blog, which we'll talk about that in depth later. But Scott Kingery's looked pretty good too, uh, with Adam Hazley being down for four weeks. Uh, it looks like he's if he keeps it up, he's in prime position to be the starting center fielder on opening day. But uh, in this Yankees game. He went. He joined the early home run club. He yanked it down the left field line, right in front of the tiki, the tiki bar. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about Scott Kingery. And I know you wrote it in your article. He does look slimmer, um, which yeah, I would think be he's good for his athleticism. Yeah, I'm excited to see Kingery. Kind of, it's ironic because what the the best thing we have so far to talk about Kingery is a home run, but. Um, I'm excited to see more of that, that line drive into gaps, get him running a little bit. 
uh, get them moving and just moving up runners, which is kind of a theme that we've seen with the whole team so far. Um, and Kingery, yet yeah, the the only bad thing we've had this this spring training so far was Hazley going down. My my thought was it was going to be a Kingery Hazley split. We've talked about that a lot. Yep. And uh, now Kingery should have a pretty good chance at the the opening day start. Yeah, I think so. I I would if I, I am a betting man. So I'm going to bet that it's Kingery to have that position. Um, I, he'd, I mean, Oduba would really have to sell himself. And even at that that's point, I'd be. Thinking. That's the only I, one who I think could, could like take the job away from Kingery what? at this point. But I think what even. What we talk about. Go ahead. Uh, I think even just as one last little punishment, maybe even if Oduba Herrera earns a spot as a starter on this team. I could see them not giving him opening day. Opening day is kind of like a, a sacred kind of yeah. spot to start, being their and opening day be, starter. And it's going to be the first time fans are back in the stadium. And I, I don't know if the Phillies really want that negativity because, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of fans interacting on social media saying they're not ready to welcome Odubel Herrera back just yet. I mean, I, I think I don't – I necessarily am not the biggest fan. Um, regardless of his off-the-field struggles, what he goes through with that, uh, he's just a, an incredibly inconsistent player. And I, and I know there's other guys on the Phillies – uh, in the Phillies lineup that you could point to that are inconsistent, but I think Odubel Herrera has the biggest difference between hot and cold, um, and I, I just don't really want him. There's other guys that I would rather have on the roster uh, on the 40-man rather than Odubel Herrera, and one of those guys is 22-year-old pick, 22-year-old, he was picked 1-1, Mickey Moniak has looked Really good so far in the spring training. Um, Mickey Money, I think, and I know we talked about it last week and you kind of dismissed it. I think he's kept it up. I think he's putting himself in a real spot to make a push at the roster. I I think, obviously, he's looking really good. I think he's looking amazing. and I'm super excited to see the way he's playing. Batting 500, two home runs in the 15-0 game. Um, it's the best we've seen Mickey Money looks since being drafted, without a doubt. Yep. And he looks stronger, looks more confident, just everything. I think you run the risk of him losing that confidence if after just a couple hot games in spring training, you throw him out to first, like the best pitchers every time he's out there in Major League pitching. I would like to see him get sent back to triple a and kind of keep crushing the ball. And if he keeps hitting this way in triple a after a couple weeks, yeah, you, you give him a shot at the majors. I just don't think he's going to win a, a starting job right away. Given his struggles over the last couple of years, I think you need to see a little bit bigger of a sample size. And I just think not that this should, should matter, but Odubel Herrera, they're paying him $10 million 
about yeah, that. and I, I'm not saying I'm not saying Mickey Moniak wins the starting job, but I'd like to see if it came down to Mickey Moniak and Odubel Herrera. I I'd rather see Mickey Moniak on the roster see. than Odubel. I I'm sorry, like see, I I don't want I understand Mickey like Moniak everyone sitting the bench. Uh, neither not... do I, and I and I agree he'll probably be a Triple A guy. But if it really comes down to those two, um, I I just am not really comfortable with. The whole Odubel situation, and call me antiquated, whatever you want to do, but I, it's just not my style. Like I wasn't a fan when the Eagles brought Michael Vick in. Like I want my, I want the guys I root for. I want to be able to root for them in good conscience. So like that's that's my. That's my fair. And you're making on... me look a little bad for saying he'll probably get a job over Mickey Moniak, and uh. I'm not by well, that's any my means, job. obviously. My job's to make you look bad. <laughs> I'm not by any means condoning his character, uh, any of his actions, but just strictly as someone who objectively looks at the play, I think you have to view Odubel's track record as a player is obviously better than that of Mickey Moniak because he's, well, yeah. he's been an all-star in the league, bef- in the MLB before. That can't be ignored. If they're obviously we're not we're not privy to Odubel as a person now. We don't talk to him. We don't see him every day. We none of that. If but if Odubel, guys, if you do want to come on the podcast, yes, we'll, if we'll you want to come sell us, we'll talk to you. Um, but if the guys in charge of making the decisions, I I feel like we've gotten to see Girardi a lot. I feel like he's a pretty good judge of character. I think it's pretty hard to to pull one over on Girardi. If he approves of Odubel, feels that the necessary changes have taken place, there's clear remorse, and he's playing up to par too, then, I mean, he's probably going to get a job on this roster. And he might even be the starter after opening day. I still think opening day, though, without Hazley being available, I think we're in agreement it's going to be Kingery. Yeah, yeah, I do. So one of the last uh, field players I want to talk about uh, from the 15-0 game and then kind of the rest of spring training is Nick Maton. Yes, I was um, hoping you would say him. Yeah, I think it's Maton. Absolutely pimped. Maton, Maton. I don't know, but he pimped the ball. He he absolutely pimped the home run. And I love that electricity from my guys. He's just looked good all around. There was yeah, a... and he's he's looked really good in the field, and I I think that's where you were going with it. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, the though. the turn, the turn from um when Odubel, it was hard to see if he misplayed one. Um, yeah, I and even Joe Girardi said he couldn't really tell because of the angle, but it did it did yeah. look like from broadcast that uh, Odubel kind of misplayed it. But yeah, he still the got the ball in quick, in. and then the turn was. I... It was immaculate. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Once it was thrown into to Maton, it just one long hop. It was really easy for I think uh, Mathis was catching at the time. Really easy for yep. him to handle and get get the tag down. Just there was just no and... chance for the runner to to score at home. And I thought, other than the home run, I'm pretty sure he he at least lined one uh, that was like the other way or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he's been was... he's been. There's been a lot of guys, and it's really, and I don't know if you want to mark it all up to Joe Dillon or what, 
but there's really been a different approach at the plate and a lot more guys are barreling balls than we've seen we'd seen last year there sometimes they result in outs and such as baseball but we are getting a lot of solid contact which i like because solid contact is a good outcome and can lead to some big things later on in a game yeah just put it where the fielders aren't that's the name of the game like you don't need to swing for the fence every time. Like you saw Alec Bohm become one of the best hitters in his first year just because he yeah. could consistently put the ball where the fielders aren't. And so I, I think I would I would really appreciate if the Phillies were the team that moved away from the three true outcomes of an at bat with the walk, the strikeout, or the home run. And if we just see guys gap balls and get back to old school hitting, I would be so appreciative of that. I mean, I love a good pitcher's duel, but I also love a guy who just sits back, waits for his pitch, and looks to move guys along. Because that's how you win games. I'm, yeah, I'm all for that. It's exciting. The The 15-0 game was exciting, not just because of the home runs, but because it, it was just constant. Just I, I can't even tell you how many times I was like, wow, that's a really good piece of hitting from, I think, O'Double drove one the other way. Um, pretty sure Maton did. Uh, just... Everyone, it was just they were not only pimping home um, runs. Yeah, it, it, they were they were they were just doing what they needed more. to do. So yeah, and that's I how think, you score fifteen runs. Are there really any other f- big name uh, field guys you wanted to talk about? I know we we talked about Bryce. We saw uh, Gene Segura, who's Gene Segura, Andrew Knapp, Brad Miller, Matt Joyce. Roman, I guess Roman's another guy we could talk about, and we we talked about it last week. He's just a guy you gotta gotta keep it low because his speed kills. Um, and he's he's kind of the for, I feel like he's the forgotten guy in that center field, um, uh, battle. But I I don't think it's gonna be him. Um, I'll be disappointed if he wins the job. That's I think he he's helps the team more as a bench player. Yeah, I I agree. You don't get to use his speed as the true threat that it is because he just doesn't get on base enough to take advantage of it. I would rather just be able to put him in maybe once a game where you know that you get to start with him on base. Yeah, I think so, I would much prefer that. So now let's talk about the field players. I want to get into some of the pitchers we've seen. And we'll go kind of in order from the game. So we'll talk about... The 15-0 game first, um, we'll start with Matt Moore. He was a guy that you were kind of on the fence about. I, I like the signing, but he flashed. I mean, he looked good in his two innings. Two innings, one hit, one walk, two Ks. Uh, the the change-up to righties looked good. The knuckle curve looked, looked good. Nasty. Yeah, and I mean... I don't. I think there's a little concern. His fastball seemed to be up in the zone the whole day, or for the whole two innings, yeah. and that's not my favorite spot to have it. But if you can keep guys off balance with the changeup and the knuckle curve, and have that fastball up in the zone, then it works. But he he just looked good. Yeah, that was that was my only concern about his outing was the fastball was up in the zone, but it was working. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Maybe I was wondering maybe if there was a little late movement or something there because it looked like it was just like just kind of missing the barrel every time. So I'm wondering if that was maybe a little late movement that we weren't catching. 
which I'll take. Uh, the next pitcher in that game, uh, Matt Moore, came out. Uh, Vinny V came in. He pitched his two innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, three Ks. Liked what I saw from him. I mean, it's just it's good to see Vince Velasquez pitch well. Do I think he's a starter? Maybe. I think he could win the fifth spot over Chase Anderson. But if he's not a starter, I like him in that two innings out of the bullpen. Say it with me, everyone. Just for our own sanity. I will not buy into Vince Velasquez this year. <laughs> I, I know, feel like we tell year. ourselves every that year. every year. Do it every year. And then we see him painting a fastball. And we're like, oh, he's back. That's the guy who had, what, 15, 16 Ks against the Padres. 16 strikeouts, yeah. And then we see Vince Velasquez lit up for seven runs in one inning. And it's like, well, geez, he's back. Yeah, uh, it's Vince Velasquez is always going to flash one second and burn the next. I mean, if it's, I feel like we've said it a, a million times. If he buys into the bullpen, he could probably have success there. It's, he's got to buy in, though, at some point. Because it, yeah. It does. He doesn't seem like a starter anymore to me. I mean, maybe no. he presents a better option than Chase Anderson. But I mean, Velasquez probably serves more as depth for potentially the rotation and uh, hopefully a solid long reliever out of the pen. I I think that would be his best. So the next game, uh, Phillies over nine innings, two hit the Pirates. And we see guys like Chase Anderson pitches two innings, no hits, no walks, three strikeouts, look decent. I really liked Spencer Howard. He only pitched an inning, but struck out two of the guys he saw. It's yeah, the Pirates. And... For a second, um, I was a little, I was the the one, the only one with you and Will saying you thought he could uh, see time out of the bullpen this year. I was, I was pretty sure that wasn't going to happen. Now. I think I might have been wrong just for the fact that Spencer Howard looked so good in that one inning and they didn't give him another inning. I don't know if that was trying to just be conservative with him because he's never really thrown that many innings, but that could have actually signified a trying to get him ready for a bullpen role. I, 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 and my stance on it was, I think, Spencer Howard could start the season in the bullpen, but come to the starting rotation. I don't want, I mean, if that's where he's going to be best, obviously Joe Girardi knows better than I do. Um, He's a major league manager for a reason, but I'd like to see Spencer Howard in the starting lineup. But if he's going to come in, if he can come in for an inning, lock it down, strike two guys out. And that's what the Phillies need him to do. Then do it. It doesn't matter to me anymore. Just get it done. I, I We need wins out of the bullpen. Some of the other guys we saw pitching that game, Archie Bradley lets up one of the two hits, walks one, strikes one out, but gets out of the inning. I liked what I saw from Archie Bradley. Your guy, Don Hector, comes in. Talk a little bit about Hector Naris because he had two strikeouts in the inning. Yeah, something I didn't realize until I was looking back on some highlights was uh, Don Hector was showing a uh, pretty nasty slider, something he got away from the last two years because it uh, 
the last season he had used it, it was getting knocked around, but uh, apparently worked a decent amount on it. And I, I saw one strikeout he had with it. Was he just made the, the guy look filthy. So that'd be pretty big for Hector because his fastball, it's like I think around 95. It's not anything special. The main thing is it just it sets up the splitter, which we all know about the splitter. The splitter is absolutely nasty. Yeah. Um, but if he can add a slider too that's just not terrible, it'll he just, just needs a serviceable slider. More. Because yeah, I think if you if you were to tunnel all three of those pitches, a slider, a splitter, and a fastball, they all kind of start in a similar spot and move in three different directions. And if he can, that's Hector's biggest problem is when the splitter's not working and he has to rely on the fastball, guys are just going to sit on it and wait, and that's when he gets crushed. If he can have that second pitch that he can kind of go to to add some movement. I, I think he sh is going to be better and will be a viable option out of the bullpen. All right, let's talk about – let's move off of Hector and talk about Jose Alvarado because this man rolled guy. out of bed. This is my real guy. This man rolled out of bed and was darting 99 on a sinker. Are you kidding me? I – how – did Dombrowski get him? I just I don't understand still. The there, I'm not asking any questions. No questions asked. It, <sighs> I was locked in for Alvarado. I was watching every pitch, and he was he was nasty. It's it looked like old Tampa Alvarado pre injury. It's just so refreshing too. Matt Klintak, for whatever reason, hated velocity. And to see a guy roll out of bed in his first game and hit almost hit triple digits on a sinker, I love it. I'm, I, I will never complain about a guy who just throws hard with movement because that's all you can ask for. That's the greatest thing coming out of a From bullpen. From the left side. That's the greatest thing coming out of a bullpen, especially in the NL East with all the lefties we face. Just come in, whip the ball in as hard as you can, get it to move, get a guy looking silly. I love it. So yeah, he's got to be the the pitcher that excited me most. Him and Spencer Howard are the two main guys that I was just left being excited for. If they're both coming out of the bullpen this year, that's pretty exciting. We won't <laughs> yeah. be historically bad. Yeah, we might Hot actually take. be average. Like, geez, it's crazy to think about. And I I don't want to. I don't even want to look at the seven one game. I mean, Adonis Medina, whatever. Hector Rondon, whatever. Like there was nothing really that impressed me in the the seven one game against the Blue Jays. We only registered three hits. Um, but let's talk about the we lost to the Yankees. But Zach Wheeler got a little roughed up early on. He let up all four runs. Um, I'm not too worried about Wheeler. Uh, JD Hammer comes back. It's Hammer time. He's touching ninety seven. That's a great sign. He's a young guy under team control. If he can come out, have a little bit of movement, touch 97. Again, we Whoops. value velocity. He does look cool. He's got cool glasses. He's got good lettuce. And he throws Ched. I'm pretty sure that's the exact scouting report on him. And that's it. That's all you need. Um, Ivan Nova didn't let up 
seven ten, ten runs in an inning. He comes in, pitches two innings, one walk, two or one hit, two walks, a strikeout. Okay, that's really there's really I so, could still do without Ivan Nova, but yeah, I mean, so could I, but you know, you you never know what's going to happen. Um, I just the team looks from these couple spring training games, the team looks a lot better, and it's it's exciting to see that. Like the guys who should be performing, like Alec Boom, I'm I'm very ready for him to be an all star, hit close to 330 home runs. Like I, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not pumping the brakes on him. He's impressed me oh, no. every time he's played. Absolutely not pumping the brakes. Never, not on, not on Alec Boom. Could Bryce MVP be MVP in the next five years? Oh. Could Bryce be MVP? Like, there is so much. I, I can't remember coming into a season and being this excited about the Phillies for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, we know that we have an offense that's here to play. We just know that statistically from last year. Yep. And they're only getting more depth. And so. now it looks like we have pitchers that are coming to play, too. Yeah, Alvarado is going to be one of the biggest players for us this year. I'm completely comfortable saying that. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd be on, on board with that. I just cannot wait to watch him coming, coming out of the bullpen every game. So I think that's, that's all the players that we, we wanted to touch on, right? Yeah, so let's kind of get away from uh, the spring training and all that. I know, Jeff, at the beginning of the episode, or right before, whichever one we started, which, whenever we started recording, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about your growing brand, uh, Philly Fits. So let's let's kind of segue out of baseball for a minute, talk about that, and then we'll kind of get back into whatever shenanigans we want to talk about at the end of the episode. Yeah, so the phillyfits.com just went through a pretty large revamping. Now you can find all of our Shooting the Shift podcast episodes on the site. You can, uh, you can become a member of the site too to be able to, to talk to other members, talk with me. Maybe we'll have to see about getting uh, Antonio and Will on there as some admin. And, oh, um, yeah, is that we an have invitation? a... It's uh, it's under consideration. Sorry, I don't know if I could take the position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's um, we've talked before about how there's I've released different like parody songs too, so you can find media of that on there for my YouTube, also called Philly Fits. Subscribe to that too, and we're just really trying to to grow brand, grow Philly Fits, grow shooting the shift to be able to produce better content for all our listeners, all the readers, all the subscribers. Yeah, and I mean, I like... From, uh, from one of your co-hosts. Yeah, and I, I read the article you posted, you published today, and I referenced it when I talked about Mickey Moniak and the whole Odubel situation, the center field race. It's, it's heating up, but I mean, it's just, it's just another outlet for us and Jeff, especially to share baseball knowledge with the fans i mean we're we're fans of the game we don't have any insider information we don't get any any uh hot scoops from within the organization yeah, 
that's the biggest thing to to remember about my blog and our show is we're not trying to to like break any news or anything. Well, the way we view ourselves is kind of we're people who who like to put more time into watching the games and breaking down what's going on so that people that maybe when when your lives get a little busier and you miss something and you want to catch up or you want to become more knowledgeable that's what we're trying to do we're trying to be for the the common fans that that want to learn a little more that that want to get into it that's what our yeah when, what our view when is. you miss a game like they say in friends we'll be there for you so i mean that's yep, really that's, that's that's the whole crux of what we do so the last thing and it kind of popped into my mind um two more things that i wanted to get through before this we wrap up the show is one the most unremarkable signing of the offseason jackie bradley jr finally signs with the milwaukee Bra- brewers so milwaukee braves they haven't been that's not even a thing but the milwaukee brewers a uh, two-year and opt-out after the first year he was a guy that we came into this into the offseason thinking that he was gonna get like a decent contract he was a big name guy he's valued for his glove and his bats decent but it did the market seemingly never developed on him he finally finds a team and it was the most unremarkable signing ever I, I completely missed it. I didn't see it till almost 24 hours after it happened. Yeah, I actually saw it pretty quick. For some reason, I happened to wake up around 5 a.m. that day and looked at my phone <laughs> and, and saw 12 minutes prior, Jackie Bradley Jr. had signed. It, just weird timing. Otherwise, I probably would have missed it too. But, yeah, it's a uh, – I mean, I guess the Brewers don't really know what – they're going to have with uh, Lorenzo Cain this year. He didn't play last year, so it's been a while since they've seen him. And um, But you know that with Jackie Bradley Jr., you're going to get an elite glove. Yes, you are. And they can always just – I mean, they can – It's having too many solid outfielders is not a bad problem for the Brewers to have. So, I mean, that, that was – that was just, I wanted to throw that out there because it happened and here we are. Um, the last thing that I wanted to talk about, I was, I had, a, I was watching along a Twitch stream during the Phillies uh, Yankees preseason game. And a very hot topic of conversation within the chat was our guy, Reese Hoskins. And is he a top 10 first baseman? Is he not? Is he better than a guy like Luke Voigt? Is he not? Um, I, I don't know if I'm ready to put, Reese Hoskins in the top 10 first baseman in the league. Um, if push came to shove, I probably could do it and justify it. But I, I think Reese Hoskins is a lot better than people outside of Philadelphia. Maybe even a lot of Philadelphia fans give him credit for. I know he's another one of those guys that can be hot and cold, but I think when we see Reese Hoskins' biggest thing, like all Phillies and all hitters in baseball, He's at his best when he's looking to put the ball into right center field and instead of pulling everything down the left field line. When Reese Hoskins is constantly out in front of the ball, it's not great. But even when he's slumping, he still brings something to the team. I mean, he walked uh, last year. He walked in 15.7% of his at-bats. And in 2019, he walked in 16.5% of his at-bats. 
So he's constantly getting on base and, and, and kind of moving the ball. And I, I'm in on Reese Hoskins. I've been in. I like him. I, I just don't understand the disrespect that he gets from even Phillies fans. I think Reese in the last like, few years had kind of gotten caught up between his trying to still use his like going to all fields and taking advantage of stuff like launch angle. And he got caught between a couple of perspectives to the point where he just kind of got lost. And I think at the end of last year, you really saw Reese Hoskins start to return to what made Reese Hoskins an all-star a few years back. And so far this spring, you saw him put one to the warning track and then his next time up, go the opposite way to move the runners. So if that's the Reese Hoskins we're going to see this year, where he can he can still drive a ball, pull a ball, and he's uh, just pushing the ball the other way more, then I think you're going to see more of the second half Reese Hoskins from last year. The Reese Hoskins that started to excite us and started to really make us look like we were going to make that final push towards the playoffs before he got hurt. Yeah, and I mean, I look at, if you're a baseball fan and you try to justify Reese Hoskins isn't a good player by like his average or something, I, I just, I don't really, that's not a good statistic of how good a player is. I, I really like to look at, and it's something that other people kind of are getting on board with is WRC+. plus. That's your, your weighted uh, the runs created. And so uh, Sabermetrics puts league average WRC plus 100. In 2020, Reese Hoskins' WRC plus was 140. So even when he's struggling for half a season, he is still creating runs for the Phillies lineup, which is, in my mind, the most important thing. We're not going to talk about Reese Hoskins fielding. Like I'm going to kind of ignore that because his he's best when he's a hitter for the Phillies. He's get because he gets on base, he moves guys, and I I expect him to have a good season because he's working with Joe Dillon. I think we're yeah, going he's to never see had trouble getting on base. We're going to see the the Reese Hoskins that ended 2020 right before he needed uh, UCL surgery. And Tommy Johns. Um, I think that's the Reese Hoskins we'll see for the majority of the season. And he will be a key contributor to the lineup wherever Joe Girardi puts him. I, I could realistically see Reese Hoskins batting in the two hole because he makes pitchers work. It And it offers, and having Bryce behind him and JT behind him, it offers some sort of protection that two, three, four, five, maybe even like the one through six. One through five is probably a very is a very well protected like portion of the lineup because you have you'll have McCutcheon leading off. Um, then I here's my like opening day scenario: McCutcheon leads off. You got Reese in the two hole, Bryce in the three hole, Real Muto in the four, Didi in the five, Gene six. Like that's probably my top six, and then you throw out oh, oh shit, you I forgot Bone. about Alec Boom. I, he probably bats, boom, bats five, Didi bats six, Gene and uh, Scott Kingery 
flops. You can flip flop them seven and eight. And that one yeah, through five, one through six is very well protected. And Reese Austin yeah, is going to see a lot of pitches. And he, he's going to create this lineup in the team. And it's, if he's hot for a, a good stretch of the season, I think the Phillies can make a run at the Braves. He's going to be sure the key. Bryce Harper's our best. Is Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper's the best hitter, best power hitter. Uh, Alec Bohm is the best player at moving guys throughout the bases and getting in play. Reese Hoskins, Reese Hoskins is going to be the most important hitter, I think. As he goes, the team goes. If he's hot and hitting balls and moving guys along, then the team's hot, scoring runs and winning games. For sure, and I'm right with you on the prediction on Reese Hoskins too. So as if he's hitting well, I think uh, I'm starting to really believe that we got a shot at the at the division. It can happen. I, I love it. I'm ready for it. I want it so bad. So I think unless you have anything else, Jeff, that's all I have for this week's episode. Um, you got any last second things you want to talk about before we head off? No, just remember to check us out on uh, on phillyfits.com. You can listen to the podcast there. You can read the blogs there. You can do everything there. All right, and we will see you next week as we crawl an inch even closer to opening day. We're in the process of planning a pretty special opening day podcast and recording. So as things get closer, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but we will see you next week for another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Go Phils. Tuttles.